Hey, thanks for listening. Keep up with our latest shows, articles, and more when you download the WOVU app. That's WOVU 95.9 FM. And make sure to keep up with the station where our voices are united. Welcome to WOVU 95.9 FM special coverage of the events of January 6th at the U.S. Capitol, the riot at the Capitol building that has left five people dead and thousands, hundreds of thousands, probably millions of dollars of damage uh, at the U.S. Capitol building with uh, offices having been ransacked, windows broken, barriers torn down, uh, the building scaled by hundreds of people. Um, Let's talk about and and we are here uh, on the air with uh, several, I want to say like eight voices from our community right here in Cleveland and outside of the state of Ohio. So we represent in Cleveland, we represent in Philadelphia and Rochester, New York as well. Uh, And thank you to all of the voices who have joined me in discussion today. I want to um, move to who exactly made up this uh, group of people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Now, reporter reports uh, have stated that uh, this these are white power groups, militias, QAnon, conspiracy theorists, Proud Boys who are known for their uh, gang violence. Um, uh, also, uh, white power sympathizers, you know, uh, white supremacist braggarts and then hardcore white supremacists and uh, news outlets have also, you know, uh, noted that some of the groups and figures present on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol and at the Trump rally held shortly before uh, events unfolded were also present at the Charlottesville incident where uh, several people were killed. Uh, 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 White power groups uh, stormed the scene, you know, with tiki torches and uh, shouting out mantras and such, but also uh, present on January 6th at the Capitol building, suburban families, and also, you know, people who are kind of just like us, uh, uh, regular conservatives who have been radicalized by misinformation and conspiracy. So far, uh, as of this morning, 90 people were arrested, 50 individuals were uh, given charged with federal crimes, more to be expected and uh let's see i guess i'll go over to you rabbi um uh you know how how is it that uh these uh white power groups you know are able to have such a um uh, uh, uh have such an audience have such a foothold um you know uh in this conversation when all of 2020 you know it seemed as though we were focused on the cause of, um, uh, you know, empowering people, empowering black people and other people of color to stand up. You know, we were dealing with uh, police brutality and the law enforcement issue. Um, of course, COVID-19 and the health disparities there amongst peoples of color. Why is it that this group of uh, white individuals is able to uh, have such a large voice on such a big scale? And how are they able to um, do the damage they did on January 6th. And that we saw uh, overflow into our, our community uh, day before yesterday uh, has been brewing in this country for for a long time. Um, as, as many of you know, 
discrimination was outlawed in the United States in 1875. And uh, uh, construction. Rabbi, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself on the Zoom so we can hear you through there. And that way everyone can I'm, hear I'm you. I'm not muted. Anthony, can you hear? Can you hear us? Okay, I can't hear you at all. Well, can everyone on the on the meeting hear us? Okay, I'm seeing head shaking, so we'll take care of that later. Go ahead, Rabbi. All right. Um, uh, during New Reconstruction, then uh, your your Jim Crow laws begin to take place, um, and uh, uh, culminated really in the 1920s, um, and so. Um, this this poison this poison uh, and I think to some degree let me say this we uh, we participate in it also by um, uh, uh, acknowledging racism there's no such thing as racism because there is only one race on the face of the earth and that's the human race we may have different ethnic expressions uh, but that beside I, I think what has happened is that these people openly and outwardly planned this on Facebook Twitter and Instagram TikTok and other social media outlets and it was openly uh, available to everyone to see I don't believe we believe that they would actually move move uh, forward with it uh, um, I, but I don't put anything past them, um, and and then they ha they were encouraged by who the person who I think was adequately stated who occupied the White House, and then uh, the political party that he represented, who are complicit uh, in this with him and them because they held uh, his coat while he bullied America and especially people of color and perpetuated and motivated them to move forward. And then when he lost the election, uh, he could not stand. Remember, folk, remember this man studied Mein Kampf, the strategies of Hitler to take over Germany. Uh, and these, if you go back and you read, I've read it myself, and you go back and read it, almost every step, everything he has said and done comes out of that book as his manual, uh, along with being life coached, if you will, by by Putin. And so uh, I, I'm hoping that Pence will uh, uh, today uh, – uh, call uh, enact the 25th Amendment of the Constitution, which says that the president is unfit at this time to continue to serve this country. Uh, if not, then I think there will be an impeachment uh, of him come Monday. Um, I think it will happen Monday and Tuesday. Uh, it will be very swift. It will go to the Senate, and again, the Senate will have an opportunity to right the wrong that has been done to the people of America. Thank you, uh, Rabbi Ben Golson. Um, Helen, Helen Dumas, what what say you on uh, the crowd of mobsters that, uh, you know, made up the people who stormed the Capitol? You know, uh, all these white supremacist groups and supporters, these Trump supporters. Tell, tell me also, too, uh, what... Uh, 
the word accountability keeps popping up. You know, how accountable do you feel, uh, you know, President Trump should be held as well as the the people who actually damaged uh, and took over the Capitol building? Where do you see accountability lying uh, in this space? Personally, I, I don't have the confidence, first off, that he will be removed, which is scary. Um, because he's still dangerous. And because you already have Republicans, you have many now that have changed their mind and have come out and said, you know, uh, the, those that were going to vote to obstruct the certification on the 6th and then did not sign on. Uh, but then you still have people like Mo Brooks, who comes to mind, representative in Congress, who is now pushing that whole narrative that it wasn't Trump's Borders. Um, it was Antifa. And they're still feeding into the fear, which is the biggest thing that drives um, the supporters that led up to them acting out and their sense of uh, false sense of oppression and that they're somehow being denied uh, their rights and privilege. Uh, so my biggest fear is that Pence has already basically said he's not going to enact the 25th Amendment. Um, I don't think there's enough support still in Congress for them to impeach him and remove him in these last, what is it, 12 days or so. Um, but, and I think that he could still do a lot of damage. But the biggest thing is that we also have to look at why are there although it's a minority, why are there so many, I was disappointed to see so many people of color and minorities and women um, that participated in that riot. And you see them marching alongside the Proud Boys in their fatigues with their assault weapons. Um, you see that, I think it's this self-internalized uh, white white supremacy um, being displayed. And I hate that it has to always come back to, although we know that there's one race, we live in a system that perpetuates a division between people based on skin color. And I think that we have tried the root of peaceful protest and um, going to the ballot box. And those are good things that we must continue. But our strength comes in numbers. I would like to see us flip all of the South, turn it blue. You have large populations of minorities, Hispanics, Blacks in the South. And another thing that I think we need to start focusing on is our economic power. Um, you know, and I think that's where we're going to make the biggest difference. Sadly, there are some that may just be a lost cause. And I, I feel that we can't turn our backs on them in the larger scheme of things, but we have to take away their power. And I think that, you know, those of us, allies, uh, people of color who come together and recognize that we can make a difference, they say, you know, he had... 71 million people come out and vote for him, but it was 84 million that voted against him. 
And I think we've got to change that language. I heard someone mention imagery, representation. Those are the things we need to focus on. We need to take away some of the power. I liked that uh, some of the news stations wouldn't feature his rallies recently. I mean, I hold the media accountable, and I hope that we start to see more of that. If they're not given the platform, if they're not given the voice, if they're not paid the attention, Hopefully they'll crawl back under the rocks, the various rocks that they were hiding under. Um, and I don't think they'll all go away, but that's that's what I'm praying for. Uh, Tina Crawford Fortune, you mentioned that, you know, it, 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 initially you were angry. You were you had held disdain for what has been uh, going on. Um, but now you're in a state of looking at the positive side and bringing, you feel that the, the incoming white house administration will bring a different energy, uh, to the forefront. Um, what do you make of, uh, or who do you feel is accountable and what do you make of, uh, Helen pointing out, um, that there were people of color, uh, aligned with, uh, these white supremacist groups storming the Capitol? Okay, first of all, I believe, this is what I believe. If you looked at those people of color, they were all young black guys. I believe these are people that they found randomly on the street and paid them to walk with them or go with them. I don't believe that these are people who support anything that Trump stands for. Um, Our youth are not dumb. However, our youth are all about a dollar. So if you go to a, a young person who you know, is in need of money and you have money to offer, um, why wouldn't I earn this $200 or whatever? You know what I'm saying? It's not like I don't have a mask on. It's not like anybody's going to see me out of all of these hundreds of white people. Ain't nobody going to see my black bond. Um, so th- that's one. Two, what was the other part? I'm sorry. I got <laughs> Who, 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 who do you feel is accountable uh, for the events uh, either leading up to the riot, uh, you know, the riot itself? Who, who do you hold accountable? Maybe when 45 started his campaign with let's make America great again. It was him from the beginning and it was here him until the end with his dog whistles, with his gaslighting, with him hyping people up at the end of the day. She said that they're going to go back under a rock, baby. Ain't no uh, rocks no more. They done moved the rocks. They are proud of who they are. He he made them proud to be bigots. He made them proud to be racist. He made them proud to be ignorant, as sad as that might be. He made them proud to be who they are. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, they have a fear. They they White people are growing old and dying. They're not reproducing at the rate black people are. They are not the majority anymore. We've been the majority. We've been multiplying. That's why they keep doing stuff to our food. That's why they keep doing stuff to our reproductive systems. That's why they want to prevent us from reproducing at the rate that we're doing. They, 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 are, they are fearful of us stepping into what we are and who we are as a people. They are fearful. We built this country our minds, our bodies, and our souls. We built this country. They are scared that we will recognize the kings in us. They are scared that we will recognize. Do you understand how much power we are as a people if we could just come together economically, 
physically. Uh, mm-hmm. We we build things. We 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 create things. <laughs> so um, we, we- I, I, like they they are fearful of us recognizing exactly who we are. We are the chosen people. They are fearful. So if, if, if as long as as long as they keep us in fear, well, I can't do that because then this going to happen to me. This is how we've been living up until this point. That has to change now, though. Like I said, they put a highlight on it. It has to change. If this event didn't wake up everybody, I don't know what will. It's going to be Christ coming back. <laughs> that's the only thing that I can imagine that's going that's going to shake people up and make them get their lives together. But at the end of the day, it's our obligation. I am. I just found out I was 43 the other day. <laughs> I've been telling people I was 42 all year. Um, but it's our obligation as older black people to talk to these young people, to teach them. Some of them have been raised by the streets. It's our obligation to take these young kids and show them love because they're not getting it from anywhere else. It's our obligation to do that. It's it's our obligation to exactly show them and teach them who they are. I tell my children all the time, you are not better than anybody, but there's nobody better than you. The same respect that you take to school and you show to these doctors and lawyers, you take to the people in the street. That's the only thing that people re- owes you, respect. At the end of the day, it's our job, and we have to start in our home. We, ca- we can't do that if we're not raising our own kids. We can't do that if we see somebody in our family n- not able physically, mentally, or emotionally to take care of their child. It's our obligation to stand in the gap. It, took, it takes a village to raise a child. When did that stop? That's when everything started getting messed up. Well, that's when when they were able to come in here and build these uh, the, the, the put put all of this stuff in our communities and in our minds. And the, at the, listen, I can go on and on. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. But you, but you bring up, uh, you know, uh, a good point uh, in terms of, you know, the our youth need to uh, need more guidance and direction. And when we talk about accountability and empowerment, uh, Sandra Bishop, I'm going to shift over to you because yesterday well even today uh you uh mentioned that you are excited uh you know about the engagement you feel like all of these events are waking up complacent citizens and uh part of what i'm hearing is that you know well first of all i feel like it may be the idea that we're all accountable not just uh you know donald trump and the mobsters but we all have like a piece of accountability in this in teaching um you know our community and each other how to feel empowered and to empower ourselves yesterday sandra bishop you uh uh, sparked a a fire uh in our listeners and our other uh guests that were on our voices today uh during this initial conversation uh, uh saying that you felt that the rioters were the ones who were empowered you know these uh uh individuals belonging to various hate groups and conspiracy groups and uh, just leaning far, far right. Um, You say that they are showing us what it looks like to be empowered. Could you expand on that? Sure. Um, Thank you guys for, I'm I'm always thrilled to have these conversations. Um, So I think you asked me an awful lot. And so I might have to 
um, circle back on a few of these points. One of the things that I always like to talk about is, is how in this country we um, part of the, the way that our country is structured, um, our constitution and everything guarantees us the right to protest. It, it guarantees us the right to have a redress of grievances that is built into our constitution and the way we are. So I believe that in every, every facet of how protests come up, I believe that we have to exercise that right. I will say to the listeners and to you guys here that the very first time I was actually involved in a protest is when I was studying overseas. Because for so long after the civil rights era, we did not see protests to any large degree in here in the United States. It's as if this idea of fear that that we've been talking about, we have, you know, people were after the assassination of of Martin Luther King, of Kennedy, of of um, Malcolm X. It was as if people went to sleep, as if we sat back and became all of a sudden these um, passive masses of people, and you would only see protest in small in small, you know, small uh, demonstrations in different places. So I had the opportunity to go and participate in some, what what blew me away at the time when I was in college, just blew me away to see that people were actually engaged in the process. So when I see that here, I am the I am one that is always about the business of participating in protests. The fact that now you see these people coming out in droves um, for whatever reason they came out, um, even misguided reasons, it is part of the democratic process that we they are participating in and to support the democratic process. Now, we may not support everything that they did in the midst of it. We may not, um, you know, support the fact that they went into offices, put their feet up on the desk, disrespected, desecrated. We may not respect that, but their right to protest is something that we absolutely have to get behind and understand that that is the process that we use to engage in what we do here in this country. Now, having said that, on the other flip side of that, I wanna make sure that I say um, that I understand that we are descendants of slaves in this country. Descendants of slaves does not necessarily make us, and I say it um, in, in the, in, with the caveat of knowing who I am, knowing um, that we are kings and queens, knowing that, you know, that our own value, I get that, I understand that. But as descendants of slaves, what we still suffer from and um, participate in is a collective trauma that all of us who have been descendants of slaves have experienced. That trauma still informs 
how we deal with one another. And it, it basically is something that um, people, whites, the majority population, still try to impose upon us this day. So a lot of times our responses and the things that we do are based upon a collective trauma that we have witnessed, that we have been through, and it still shows us and speaks to how we relate to this day. Now, Martin Luther King said, and I'm not going I'm not going to preach um I, I I'm not going to preach, but Martin Luther King says that until a person finds something that he's willing to die for, he's not fit to live. And I you know, to to some extent that statement in and of itself is jarring. It is like, "Oh my gosh," right? But every single day, people have, go into fires or, or go into different localities, put their lives on the line. We have our, our sons, our, our, our brothers who have fought in wars. Um, we got stuff that goes on right out here on the street, right out here on our streets, right? It's like a war zone at times. So we get that people have lose their lives for less nowadays than ideologies, but it is the ideologies that we have to really be about cultivating, that we have to really develop in our community. When Martin Luther King and the civil rights era was going on, they basically talked about these things. They talked about rules of engagement. They talked about ways of conducting themselves. It was a conversation. It was an education. And that is what is really missing today, a sense of collective purpose and ideas. And those people who went into that building, maybe they all were um, led by a madman that is sitting in the White House, but they went in with a sense of purpose. Marianne Williamson says that, um, that, that hate is, is not more powerful than love, but hate is organized. That was what they were. They were organized. They had a plan. So we've just basically got to get a plan. Uh, thank Did you. Did I answer your question? Yes. Thank you, <laughs> Sandra Bishop. Uh, Imani Capri, I want, I'm curious to know your thoughts on uh, what Sandra has just said. Well, I think a couple of things. I think one thing in terms of addressing, you know, the collective trauma that Sandra referenced, part of how we start to do that is being very mindful of our language. And so I would say, we are not the descendant of slaves. We were never actually slaves. What was tried to be imposed upon us was to accept the mentality of a slave. But we are descendants of Africans and, and a mixture of other indigenous people. And I think just in our conversation, if we start to claim that, then just reframing how we view ourselves and how we decide to create our narrative starts to create a shift in how we see ourselves, how we may perceive one another. So, you know, not to criticize you at all, sister, I'm just, you know, voicing my own personal opinion on the matter. Um, and also to let this element in society that is pushing to promote uh, white supremacy based in fear that we reject the ideology 
of trying to perpetuate that the 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 slot in society that we are supposed to occupy in this country is that of descendants of slaves and therefore stay in your slave place. So I think how we talk about these issues is really, really important. The language that we use is very important. It's part of breaking the trauma. Right. And it's 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 definitely a process. Um, in reference to the other points that Sandra made, you know, one thing that I would say a plan is very important. And I think we have maybe like a divine irony that has taken place. Right. So the first thing is when it comes to our young people, I think this is a teachable moment in time for all those young people and maybe older people who have thought and perpetuated this idea that my vote doesn't matter. Well, clearly, we have the evidence to contradict that, because if votes didn't matter, that mob of people would not have uh, descended upon the Capitol to go and take the boxes, right, that contained the uh, certification of all the votes from the different states. So if, if, if your vote didn't matter and your vote represents your voice, then we wouldn't have seen what we saw yesterday, so that's number one. I think we really, really have to emphasize that and not let that point get lost in all of the chaos that's circulating, because, again, that's how we help empower one another. Right. Like, look what happened when we all stand up and we can have our individual differences as uh as 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 Rabbi Goldstein says, you know, I, I don't eat pork, but to quote you, you know, he says, I, I might eat my chitlins and you might have your pork chops, but we still can come together <laughs> around a common issue. So I think this is an opportunity to reaffirm to young people and all people in this country how much our voices matter through our votes. And, you know, the other point that I would make is, again, how important it is who we elect to these offices and what type of character that they have. So, you know, in reference to the other points that Sandra made, I agree that there definitely needs to be uh, planning, you know, but I think we have been able to demonstrate that if we find a common cause to organize around and supporting intersectionality, like different groups coming together around that common point that was demonstrated with the black lives matter movement and all the diversity of people that we saw participate in those protests. Many of us people of color were surprised how many non-black folk were out there protesting. Um, so I think, you know, those protests that happened over the summer, also what we have recently seen with the 84 million people that came out and voted, I think we as Americans are demonstrating that we can come together and be unified, that we can on some level be effective at planning. I think the thing is to hold people accountable. We cannot, as you said, Sandra, um, allow ourselves as masses of people to fall back asleep. And I think we as African-Americans, you're right, we occupy a very unique place and time. And so we should be looking at, yeah, look at how powerful we are. We should be reinforcing that for one another. And so I think it's really important how we use our language and how we decide to uh, create our narrative going forward. Fish and chitlins. <laughs> I knew I had it wrong, but the specifics. <laughs> yeah. so, so let me say this, though. Um, 
We we eat that at home. We, when you when we leave home, we put that aside and we come and work together. Just one one couple of little things I want to interject here is that we must understand what is the motive behind this. What the motive was behind day before yesterday and has been for the last several years is to create a constitutional crisis. When a constitutional crisis is created, then a constitutional Congress is called for. It takes 32 states to convene a constitutional uh, Congress. If you get 32 states, 32 states to come into a, a, a beating of the Constitutional Congress, then you can take uh, and, and uh, tear up the Constitution and recreate it. And, and that is their objective here so that they can create an apartheid situation here in the United States where the minor- majority will now rule the majority because as, of, as we're noticing, the browning of America, they will be be uh, in the minority. The largest minority, growing minority now, is the Latino community. They uh, they have uh, four and a half children per family. We have two and a half children per family, and the Caucasians have one and a half children per family. And as of 19, uh, 2015, 51% of the babies born in the United States have been people of color. And so that's one thing. Another thing I want to t- uh, share with us, we're talking about turning states blue. I'm not interested in necessarily doing that. Here's a strategy I'm proposing. Let's join the Republican Party. I'm old school. All right. We went, we, when, when I'm 82 years old in a couple of weeks, I was in the movement and we decided in the sixties, all right, to join the democratic party. The democratic party was known as the Dixiecrats. We had the Republican party. All right. And we went into the Democratic party to make a difference. I'm proposing now we go back into the Republican party and we help decide who the candidates are uh, by being Republicans. All right and changing, uh, all right, the platform and the ideology of the Republican Party again. Uh, and, and, you know, that's that's very simple to do. All right. So I want to take uh, this moment to break in. We're going to take a quick break uh, to our WOVU listeners and our uh, uh, li- uh, watchers on Facebook Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is WOVU special coverage and conversation around the events of January 6th, the storming, the insurrection at the Capitol building by white supremacist groups and Trump supporters. Uh, and so we're talking about how uh, sharing our thoughts on that and how this is affecting uh, the larger community and history itself uh so let's go ahead and take a really brief break and when we come back i want to introduce uh uh, someone who has just joined the conversation in the last few minutes allow them to uh introduce themselves and then i want to move to uh anthony body and inc 216 as the young black men in this conversation i want to talk about um power and what that means and what that's what this situation says about power in terms of black men and uh black the black community specifically so you are listening to wovu 95.9 fm uh we're talking about the riot at the capitol building um we'll be back with more in just a quick few minutes
And welcome back to special coverage and conversation around the events of January 6th at the U.S. Capitol building, uh, the riot and the insurrection of the Capitol, the damage and destruction of uh, such a sacred governmental space. Uh, I want to take a moment and as promised, I definitely want to hear those voices of Anthony Body and uh, Inc. 216 about, uh, you know, uh, black men and power and how we empower our young black men. Uh, But first, I want to introduce to the conversation uh, a a known (laughs) community activist, uh, Asia Jones. Uh, Go ahead and unmute yourself. Just briefly tell us who you are, uh, where you're from, what you're about, and your thoughts on the events at the Capitol this week. Uh, Thank you, TC. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so grateful to be on this panel with, you know, these phenomenal black people. Um, it means a lot to me always when I'm in the presence, in the aura, in the energy of other black people. <clears throat> like TC said, I'm a community activist. Um, I'm affiliated with several orgs, uh, BLM Cleveland, um, Brock, just so many orgs. I was on the streets mobilizing for this past 2020 presidential um, uh, election. I'm going to just get right to it. Uh, You know, what happened on Wednesday, um, for me, it was very triggering. You know, it, it was just a traumatic thing to experience knowing that um, just a few weeks ago, there were several Black men murdered who were who had sandwiches on their family's property. Miriam Carey, 2013, was murdered for doing an illegal U-turn. She's a foreigner to D.C., traveling to D.C. from Connecticut and didn't know what was going on. She was murdered right in front of her daughter. Uh, you know, Fidel Castile was on the passenger side as his wife was pulled over and his black daughter was in the trunk, excuse me, was in the back seat and he's no longer here. Breonna Taylor was sleeping very sweetly in her home. No, nothing. Uh, and the list goes on to Mayor Rice was playing with a, a toy gun and within four seconds of the police pulling up, his life was gone. Trayvon Martin had Skittles and he was a threat because of his skin. Uh, The list goes on. Just Tanisha Anderson here in 2014, her family called, she was having, uh, right here in Cleveland, having an episode of of a mental health breakdown and she is dead. The cops did not help her. They killed her. Okay, this is a country where if you're black, you will die. Don't matter what you're doing. You can be eating, sleeping, turning the key into your own apartment. Okay, this this is America. What happened on Wednesday was very American. Charleston 2016 was very American. The system cannot be, uh, you know, redone. It has to be taken down and rebuilt. In the Constitution of America, Black people don't matter. That, that is a thing. This is why we say Black lives matter. No one can tell me that they, they were not prepared. 
when Black Lives Matter, when we got in the streets and we began to mobilize and we begin to march and we begin to talk and we begin to organize, uh, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, his mother drove him to, 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 what was it, Kenosha? And he was allowed as a 17-year-old white boy to murder Black and white people, Okay. So no one can tell me when 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 I when I hear Sister Sandra speak about the empowerment thing, it is very triggering for me because I've been on the front lines. I you know, this the, the black experience is in America is very traumatic for us. And I and I and I'll repeat what I said the other day. We're we've been empowered. We're just disregarded in this country. We, if, if we were empowered, all of us, we walked, to, we would all be dead. That is the difference between black and white in this country. This is a black and white issue. And but, what happened the other day is not our fight. What we need to do, we see what happens when we organize and we vote and we turn states different colors that it has never been. This is what happens. And as a progressive, as a young mother, as a young wife, these are the things that we're starting from inside of our home and we're bringing it out and it's happening. There are so many of us of like mind. It's a different time for us. Thank you. Thank you, Asia. It's not a game for us anymore. Thank you, Asia Jones. I want to move over to uh, Anthony Body and uh, Fudel Griffin. Anthony, we'll start with you. Um, you know, you are, uh, you work with the bail project and so you encounter, you know, the challenges, uh, that uh, black men face, um, uh, in the justice system, uh, scenario, uh, when we talk about, you know, uh, black men being, um, gunned down, shot, accosted, harassed, arrested. Um, and then we look at the events, uh, that happened at the Capitol where, only five people died um, and the uh, it, the rioters, the insurrectionists were, uh, you know, waved at. They were like someone mentioned coddled. They were, um, uh, you know, given much grace. Right. Um, what is what is your take on that from the perspective of a black man and someone who sees you know, uh, black men being punished, basically almost buried underneath the jails. Uh, Fudel Griffin, please uh, pick up the the baton, please. Uh, Wow, where do I start? Um, So uh, I want to just, I just want to go back to, I believe it was, uh, it was between Sandra and uh, Amani Capri uh, when they were were speaking um, and they were talking about uh, a plan uh, I, I'm not positive of what the plan is. I'm not, uh, I, I'm listening to a lot of different, you know, different angles from the black perspective, uh, in America. And that, that's, that's, what's really great about this, this call, uh, is that I'm, I'm listening twice as much, at least that I'm, I'm talking. Um, so I'm gaining perspective on everything, but what I can say is I know that the answer, um, no matter what, the the the, uh, the specifics of the answer to uh, solve the black man and woman's plight in America is to stay together for sure until we figure it out. Uh, 
And um, this is probably one of the most uh, progressive Zoom meetings and uh, meetings in general that I've been on. Um, and so I want to commend everybody for that. And I wanted to say before I forgot that it's, it's been an honor to be uh, privileged enough to be on this this call. Uh, one of the things that, I, you know, that crossed my mind, again, I don't have the answers uh, for sure. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I'm not sure, I, I hate to, to do this um, because it's, it's kind of specific as in um, if you watch the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, you, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, there's a show, a very popular show on AMC, I believe, called The Walking Dead. Uh, and a few seasons back, they had um, a character. Uh, I haven't I haven't watched it in a while, but the character's name, um, uh, who was the head of this organization of the you know the world being taken over by the zombie apocalypse or whatever, and everybody kind of went and survived how they could survive. But I'm trying to be as brief as possible to get to my point. But the the person's name was Negan, and. Uh, they found out the person's name was Negan later on in episodes. Uh, followed, uh, but before that, leading up to that point, they just knew that the people who supported him, they, you know, I, they would say, I am Negan. And it was kind of like one of those things where you couldn't kill the head of the monster because there was, there, everybody was the head of the monster. So I want to, I, I say that, and, and the reason I say that is uh, historically, uh, as Black people, we've had people at the forefront of our leadership, and uh, we've had uh, Medgar Evers, and we've had Martin Luther King Jr., and uh, Malcolm X, and uh, so many, many people, uh, men and women, uh, excuse me if I can't think of a, a, a broader list of names, but the one thing that that uh sometimes happened was the movement or the plan got neutralized or paused because that one person was incarcerated or that one person was assassinated um and i don't want that to happen this time around and it's it's not because you know i think that some that people are afraid to step up and be that that figurehead or that leader but I think it's a matter of, of power because if if you you can't you know if you can't take uh, the um, the head of the organization or you can't and I, when I say head of the organization I mean the fact that we're organized makes it an organization if you can't take out the one man or woman to stop that organization you can't stop it so uh, that's just something that I wanted to you know bring. Uh, up as just an idea um, and to, to pitch that to, to people of color, especially not even just black people, because like we, we've said, uh, like, uh, like someone was saying that, uh, you know, Latinos, you know, that we're not the only oppressed people in, in this country by white supremacy. And, and um, we, we may have the most, you know, it may be the most documented, and it may be, uh, in most cases, the most severe, but it, it's not the only one. And it, it shouldn't be this way. And it, 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 we we fight for equality, and we fight uh, to matter. So um, if all lives don't matter, then Black lives don't matter. So this is just, you know, these are just some of the ideas that I've, I've had, and, and you know, 
you know, that, this, that's just something that I wanted to bring up because it was something that I was thinking about and I think it's just something to be talked about. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, uh, the first thing a snake does is protect its head. Uh, and secondly, and biblically, uh, if you look back at, at your battles um, in, in the Bible and in military, uh, the leaders or your religious people always stayed at the rear so that they were the encouragers and the ones who were able to give the order and you never took out the head. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. If we stop identifying who our leaders are and where they are, uh, they can't be uh, neutralized. Anthony Body, thank you. Please unmute your mic. Remember, thank you so much. Your voice is valuable. My apologies, but uh, it goes back. Is it is, is it Fudel? Like uh, yeah. Every, everything that he he was saying, I, I truly one hundred percent agree with. You know, I've been on the show with TC and, and and Rabbi twice, and one of the things we talked about was just the movement power, politics, and so forth. And, you know, Tupac says the power is in the people and the politics we address. And also it's, there's power wherever you see people, like wherever the people are. Like one of the biggest things that we fail to do nowadays that was that was thoroughly done back in the day was educate ourselves or educate everyone on mm-hmm. on the laws the, and, and, and just the political strategy and everything. You know, a lot of folks are just lost in the sauce. You know, as we move forward with technology and so forth, you know, it becomes more readily accessible. But, you know, there's misinformation. There's the lack there of in-depth analysis of what they're reading and so forth. So a lot of people have become misguided. You know, we saw what happened on Capitol Hill and, uh, you know, they labeled it a protest, but it wasn't a protest. It was it was domestic terrorism. Like there were protests exactly like what we saw with Black Lives Matter Cleveland, where there were were a destruction of of certain properties and things of that nature. But is brick and mortar more important than human lives? And that's the only thing that we were trying to showcase when we were out there protesting. So one of the things that I said earlier was that the Trump supporters took a page out of our book. The Black Panther Party back in the day, you know, it was exactly what you said about, you know, cutting the snake off, cutting his head off or not identifying who our leaders are. You know, the Black Panther Party made sure that everyone was pretty much indoctrinated with the movement, the idea, the ideology, knew the Constitution and so forth. You know, the Black Panther Party, as I said earlier, on May 2nd of 1967, they had stormed uh, in Sacramento, stormed California's capital. They went in there with guns while, while, while it was in session and everything. They were, it ended peacefully. They were arrested and they were given their guns back eventually because they didn't commit any crimes. So it's just like, you know, we want to get people involved. But in order for people to get involved, as I said before, effectively and efficiently, people need to be educated on the process. But also to get people involved, we need people to truly like be willing to like die for die for the cause of movement. Like whereas Mega Ever, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King and, and so forth, they put their life on the line so we can we can have the future that we have right now in this present day. And it needs to be folks that are willing to put their lives on the lines for for the future. You know, there hasn't been enough passing of the torch, you know, p- passing of, you know, you had those old Negro Negro spills or follow the drinking gourd, things that were codes that, that taught you the system or taught you the way to go. So in order to truly create change, we need to get people educated, speak people language, but we also need to get people to like Rabbi mentioned the other day about how they changed a certain certain elected officials or certain judges didn't get elected. 
And like, while that's fine and dandy, you know, even though that judge didn't get elected, we know that laws and things are based off precedents, precedents. So whatever that judge ruled on when he was on that bench, the next judge to come on, if the same same crime occurs, it's going to be it's going to be the same outcome. So we need to get people in place who are thoroughly educated that can help change some of these policies and laws and things of that nature. And it's like COVID has helped us expedite that process. Things that we once thought were ironclad and like were set in stone. It showed us the inefficiencies, the gaps and the loopholes within the system. So it's, now it's time for us to come together and create that change that needs to be had. As far as black men, you know, a lot of black men, and I'm just speaking for myself and I'm speaking for a black man that I've come in contact with while working for the Bell Project. There's a lack there of opportunity. And there's a lack there of connection and proximity. You know, you get a lot of folks who are in fear of going back down to the inner city or in fear of just being able to relate, thinking they're too, they're too bougie or just too different. And it's, uh, you know, I had my fair share of run-ins with law enforcement and I, I've seen the other side of the criminal justice system before I decided to, you know, change my path. You know, even while on my positive past, I've had negative experience with the criminal justice system. But we need to create a space and a place where black men can have opportunities, where black men and women can work together. We look at every movement, you know, black women and men worked in balance with one another, where the black women may, may have been in, in the backdrop with the more the, the ideology, the framework and the uh, logistics and things that things of that nature. And the black man was there for the muscle for and, and also just to demonstrate so once we're able to get back to that, I believe a lot of things will change. But first, it's all about being organized. Like we aren't organized and we are too emotional. You know, and a lot of people aren't gonna like my comment. Like, yeah, Black Lives Black Lives Matter would have been murdered like that day or shot, murdered as we've seen. But the biggest thing is like, we're still using the same playbook that we used back in the 1960s, 70s and 80s. And as time has progressed, we're still out there beating drums, holding signs and kumbaya. And if we get down, we fall up. You know, we've been down and, and we haven't really gotten up yet. So it's time for us to really stand up and like really like organize and, and, and work within our constitutional rights that's, that's given to us. You know, so it was it was completely a debacle what happened the other day. But within the Constitution, it states if the people aren't satisfied, if they feel like their rights, their unalienable rights are being violated or little liberty, justice and freedom, they aren't getting that, that we can overthrow and change the system. And that's what it's time for. Thank you, uh, Anthony Body, WOVU listeners. We are having special uh, coverage and conversation around the events of January 6th. Uh, as insurrectionists stormed the Capitol building following a uh, uh, rally held by President Trump outside of the White House. I see a lot of heads shaking as you were uh, talking, Anthony, body, uh, a little bit of scrunch face, too. But we go- we are going to address that uh, when we come back from this short break. You're listening to WOVU 95.9 FM. I'm your production director, T.C. Lewis, please stay tuned. We will be right back. Welcome back. Uh, You're listening to special coverage and conversation uh, from WOVU 95.9 FM around the events uh, surrounding January 6th. And what has gotten a little bit lost in the in in the coverage of all of this is the fact that um, uh, we have uh, two uh, Georgia Senecees that went uh, to won by Democrats in the runoff election on January 5th. Right, Rabbi? And um, so, uh, you know, uh, perhaps our next conversation will center 
on that. Um, but what I want to, uh, uh, kind of shift to and probably wrap up the conversation with is that, you know, Anthony, you just mentioned, um, you know, uh, you, you said the word fighting. And so that brought to mind, uh, something that I've been hearing across social and reading across social media. I think Asia Jones even, uh, said the statement today that, you know, what happened on January 6th, uh, has nothing it's quote unquote has nothing to do with black people, but direct quote, it is not our fight. I've been hearing that, uh, from, uh, many spaces and different voices, uh, on television, uh, social media, like I said, and here today within our conversation. Um, uh, let's see, Tina, Tina Crawford fortune. What do you say to that? You know, is this, does this, these events, the, the, the attack on the Capitol, does it really have anything to do with us as black people? Is this our fight? Do we need to be fighting at all? It does have everything to do with us directly. It has absolutely nothing to do with us. Um, I, I'm gonna just mind my business. Let, let the, let the law take care of them thugs. I'm just that ain't got nothing to do with me. Right. Rabbi, you said yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Because, again, the movement was 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 towards overturning uh, the voice of America, which included us. And it was really geared. They they weren't worried about uh, the vote in Montana, uh, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Texas, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Alaska. They were worried about the, the vote in Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia. Arizona, Nevada, that that gave, and Pennsylvania, uh, the black vote that gave uh, gave the White House uh, the election to Biden, and so it's 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 a a coded message um, to us, and so then it 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 becomes my fight to some degree. And let me say this, and then I'm done for the day. I I basically I don't uh, disagree with almost anything. Uh, I don't disagree with what's being said here today. All right. Uh, uh, Anthony wants to tear up the book. You can't tear up the book because, you know, I'm, I'm a product of the movement of the 50s and 60s. What we did was organize. All right. And, and, and we came up with a strategy. And we work that strategy, all right. And so it's not a matter of 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 uh, not not of being antiquated. It, it takes the same thing today that it took yesterday, and that's people coming together, organizing, and and agreeing on how they're going to move together. Uh, Anthony, you and I are are products of the uh, we're community organizers. Well, we're products of the NLI, uh, the Neighborhood Leadership Institute, and and the. First thing they did with us was call us into the room and take us through the nominal method where everybody's idea was important. All right. It was not necessarily high on the list of priorities, but it was on the list. And so no one felt left out. And so we can do that kind of thing among ourselves and move forward. I'm, I'm, it's wonderful talking to all of you. It's uh, wonderful to reconnect with some of uh People we've talked with, Imani, uh, Sandra, uh, Ms. Dumas, and uh, Inc., I just want to say this to you. Uh, I'm an Omega, and my, my fraternity name is Cruelty Incorporated, Inc. 
Thank you, Rabbi. Um, I want to hear from, let's hear from um, uh, Sandra and then uh, we'll move over to Imani. Uh, is Sandra Bishop, is this our fight? So I would say um, no, that this is not our fight. I would say that um, that we need to sit back and watch um, the events that have been triggered play out. However, what I will say is, is that all, just about all of the big, um, what, 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 is, what is the name, uprisings that have occurred have been triggered and trigger each other around the world. Um, Mahatma Gandhi um, was instrumental or that whole thing gave us the courage to um, began to put those practices all together here in this country. All of these are kind of take place one after another. It's as though um, when we all rise, when one rises up, everybody begins to rise up. So out of this, we will learn some things. Out of this, people will see the inequities, especially when it comes down to how protests are done, Black Lives Matter protests, all of this. This can't help but do something positive for all of us. And if we sit back and just get caught up on, um, you know, basically how unfair it is, because we know it's always been unfair. But if we only focus in on that and don't capitalize on it, we lose a opportunity. So, um, so there's a lot of stuff that um, I believe that can come out of this. But what I will say too is, is you can't fix something that you don't admit is a pro problem, whatever that may mean so across the board. If you don't admit that it's a problem, you can't get to the point where you fix it. Uh, I would say to Anthony, uh, there's an amazing book called The Spook Who Sat by, by the, the Door. door. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, so if, if you guys, and, and I don't know if it was Anthony or Inc. who talked about that, the idea of, of, of really trying to spread out the leadership, uh, I think we need to be about that business. One of the problems we have in our community is, is that, um, and I know Imani doesn't like this to say that we are descendants of slaves, um, but part of the mentality that has come out of that is, is that we have a tendency to fight among each other rather than to come together and see where our common interests lie. And so if we're so busy arguing about this, you know, the little things that we grab onto as if our ego won't let it go, if we're so busy caught up on that, we can't move forward. So at a certain point, we've got to learn how to come together and work together to see the value in what somebody else brings to the table mm -hmm. without automatically just saying, you know, that won't work. This can't happen. You know, we're, we do that all the time. And we don't be if we won't admit the, the problems that we have in our community, we can't see how to deal with them. So 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 for me, uh, that's one of the reasons why I love um, reading.
people who study this kind of thing that comes out of this, not trying to say that I've got some bigger grasp on it, but that um, that I can admit or I can see within myself the places where um, where I need to do healing work too. So um, so no, I don't think that I think we should sit back um, and and watch this thing play out and then figure out the good that we can take from it and if we can piggyback on it. Um, and that's one of the things that um, all good uprisings do. We begin to piggyback on it one after another. Let's piggyback on it and ride this horse until we get paid what it is that we desire. All right, Sandra Bishop, let's back the pig and ride the horse. Imani, what do you say? Is this our fight? It's an interesting question. I, I pretty much agree with what has been said. I, I agree with what... Uh, Rabbi Goldston said in the sense that this is our fight from the perspective that this was kind of like white backlash for us organizing and unifying and having a plan and coming together. So the aspect, I don't necessarily think addressing this particular thing and what it has exposed is our fight, but I think what is our work is to continue what we've started. And so the things that uh, Asia said, I absolutely loved what you said about, you know, being clear about what what are the best strategies and tactics for us, you know, making our voices heard through our votes, supporting organizations that are actually doing the grassroots work. Everybody is not going to be on the front line Mm -hmm. uh, like Asia. And thank God and thank you, Asia, for those that are. Because they are the equivalent of those people who are saying, no, we're not going out and initiating any violent act, but I'm going to stand up for my rights, my family and yours, too, knowing that whenever you go to a protest, anyone who goes to participate in a protest has to know and understand that there's a possibility that you may not return from that. So, you know, I would say that I'm hopeful about what we have seen over the last year in terms of the energy of young people, the ability of of intersectional groups to be able to come together and organize. There's always going to be internal business that needs to be cleaned up and addressed. I think what is our work, in addition to continuing what we have been doing well, is along with what you said uh, or in support of what you said, Sandra, it's our work now to, to really start addressing the internal trauma that we need to clean up with each other and nobody else can do that other than us. Mm -hmm. So creating safe spaces for, you know, African-American men to heal, creating even more support for the agency and value of black women, you know, uh, looking at the ways in which abuse and various things is continued in our own community and reducing that, reducing all the side effects of, you know, oppressed, uh, what is it, internalized oppression for the last how many hundreds of years. I think that's the work that we also need to be more mindfully doing as we are organizing, as we are, you know, coming together to create changes like what we have already done. If we don't start to value each other, the world will never fully reflect our true value. So um, I think starting to clean up our own internal trauma is is the work that 
we need to be doing now. You know, help these young people understand that there's a different outlet. Like we, we don't have to be killing each other in the streets, even if these are some effects of institutionalized racism and things being unfair. We can find a better way. Thank you, Imani. That's funny that you just mentioned we don't have to be killing each other in the streets. And who just said that we need to be willing to die? I think, I don't know, I can't remember. Rabbi, there's so many beautiful black voices on here. I get them all confused, but I want to... Sandra, Sandra, Sandra Bishop. Right, we have to be willing to die Mm -hmm. or know that there's a possibility that we may not come back. Asia Jones, I want to ask you... Um, do you agree with Anthony Body or Rabbi Golston in regards to you know the activist playbook? Do we are we are we uh, wrong in using the 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 playbook of yesteryear, or do we need to uh, create another one? Are we creating another one right now? We we are we are definitely recreating. Um, and I just want to shout out Imani Capri. I love you so much. It's always good to do this work with you very, very, very much. Thank you so much. Um, we are creating creating um, a, a brand new playbook. You know, I remember on September 29th, um, we marched and had a rally uh, in protest to the presidential be- presidential debate being in Cleveland with so much money spent in the middle of a pandemic when there are students right here in the city uh, who don't have food. Uh, So I remember being up there as the MC, as a moderator, as a speaker. And I remember looking into the crowd and seeing about 86% of people there were white. Okay. This This is what is happening now. Black people, leaders like myself, organizers like myself, activists like myself, because at one point we were uncomfortable. I don't know why it it was something here. I don't know why we were uncomfortable. Uh, But as as I began to speak, we had a black leadership meeting. And I'm saying that protest was for us in the leadership role to talk to these white people. We it, it was a it was a coalition of organized uh, organizations, uh, white led orgs, Hispanic led orgs, immigrant led orgs, black led orgs all came together to make that protest happen here in Cleveland. I, I, I say all that to say. We are in a space where black white people are understanding the leadership. Of black people, white people orgs, uh, executives are understanding. Some of them are, are ready to get with it. But as we saw the other day, some of them are afraid for their privilege. So they do things like this to taunt us because they know if we went down there, because we know our constitutional rights, but we also know that black people don't matter in America. Okay. If we went down there and, and attempted to get on the grass I, I keep bringing this up because it's so important. Miriam Carey did not even get on the grass. She just made a U-turn because she didn't know and she was dead. I, I say that to say what what it was not. It, this particular situation has nothing to do with us in the sense of we're not about to get out here and counter protest. And that's not going to happen because we know who's going to come out dead. No. The thing about it is we were taunted. 
So what we need to do as a people is what we started last year, which is organized, securing the vote. Black people are understanding their power in voting now. We understand. And securing the bag together. Our economic power is so many. For the last three months, I'm so proud to say that I've only been able to get, I've I've only been buying from black business. Everything I need, I've been getting from black businesses, black gas stations, black restaurants. I'm, I'm black wholesalers. It's so good to me. Rabbi, so things are changing. Mm-hmm. We're in the midst of it now. Thank you. It's, it's happening. Asia, Rabbi, you, you, you're talking under your breath over here next to me. The same playbook. You're changing your objective, but you're using the same playbook. You organize, you strategize, you educate your people, you choose your objective. The only thing that's changing is the objective and perhaps the leadership. All right. But it's the same playbook. Uh, and, and, I'm not, uh, that, that's something you need to talk to Anthony Body about. It's changing. It, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the midst of it now. You know, there are those of us who are out on the front lines. There are those of us who are helping us. Our black lawyers are helping us, who are teaching us. We have politicians with us. Things are changing because it was strong back in the day. It is it is getting recharged. So things are changing. Okay, things now, are not gonna be like all right. Us. Okay, things now are there you go. <laughs> we have a recharging of of the of the energy. All right, all right. Rabbi, right, right, right. this discussion that you and I keep having over and over again, it's like you know I don't agree. Like we do need to use some of the method- methodology that you guys used back in the day. But as she said, things are changing. You know, but also if we look at the progression of things that from the past till now ain't much. That's not proper English. Much hasn't really changed. You know, like, you know, it's people out here organizing. It's, it's, it's un, but the unemployment is still high. Murder rates are still high. You know, we, we've seen unprecedented numbers in these all across the inner city of the United States where black men and women are using, losing their lives. So people are waking up, but we need to, as they're waking up, we need to make sure that we're guiding them in the right direction. As, as Same I said playbook. Before, See, see, oh, for, I think well, one, of, one of the things I think what you what, what I think what we're missing here is that in my time, we have a the what's changing is a changing of the guard. All right. And I'm trying to I'm trying to hand over to you, body, okay, uh, of the energies with some wisdom on uh, with the tools, with the wisdom how to use the tools, all right? Uh, there is nothing new under the sun in terms human nature is human nature, and you deal with human nature today as you did two hundred thousand years ago. All right, the, you know, so there's something, there's some givens. All right, you, and you we're having a changing of the guard, and and I thank God because I want to I want to go to Florida and go fishing. All right, <laughs> um, in two and in, uh, in twenty days I'll be eighty two years old. I don't want I don't want to keep fighting the same this fight. I want to see our young people step up and take charge and, and and carry the torch now. All right, and like you were saying to me the other day, hand it down. I don't want to hand 
hand nothing down. I want to hand it over because to say to hand it down, you're beneath me. So I'm willing to hand it over to you. But understand, folk, organization, organization, community, organizing, moving forward. The playbook is the same. The objectives are different. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, whoever play football, and the objective is to score a touchdown to beat the other team. I don't care what your playbook says. The objectives is the same. Thank so you, you from, Grab. You can go from a spread offense. You can go to a running game. And right, so forth. right. But the objective not, is the same. All right, one I'm mic, one mic, one mic, one mic. Let's okay. get uh, Fudel. Uh, sorry, Inc. Two One Six in here. I keep saying all the names. Go ahead. That's okay. It's all right. It's all right. You just call me Ink. Um, well, one thing I wanted to say, I wanted to, to tie, you know, the things together that people are saying. Um, a lot of it I hear is, a lot of it is semantics. Um, it's kind of like, um, you know, people are, you know, we, we're, we're just a little bit, not a lot. I don't want to make it sound like people are being argumentative, but people, uh, we're, we're all passionate. So some people are hung up on a uh, new playbook and things like that. But what I wanted to say is it definitely takes, you know, the um, the the energy of the youth, but uh, the wisdom of our elders. Uh, and that's not to say that we're going to take every single thing that they right. did and say, you know, we're going to do exactly what the Black Panther Party did. No, we just we, we just got to take things from it, find out what went wrong. Uh, yes. Find out when we're right and apply it to today uh, and what's going on in America. Because no matter what we say, when we look at <laughs> historically, everything, um, every cause had an effect. Everything historically, whether it be black, white or other, had an effect. Uh, it, it, You know, one of the great documentaries that I love because I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to to get get myself up me and tc talked about this on air i need to to, to read some more books for sure <laughs> i i can admit i love books but i don't end up reading them all um but one of the documentaries that i love i, I believe ava duvernay uh directed or created uh was the 13th and it, it it's based around the 13th amendment but it takes it historically mm -hmm. uh throughout america from the beginning uh, all you know, all the way in, into now, and one of the things that 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 can't be uh, understated enough. Um, part of the reason we're not surprised about what happened is because we understand. Uh, I, I believe that we understand as black people. As, uh, I'm speaking for the black people on this call that the police was created to control black people free the freed slaves all, all of the, the all of the people uh you know once, once the kkk was deemed as oh this is too much for us to handle we can't you know the, it's, it's not a good look anymore black people hanging from trees all the time is not is is not acceptable so now instead of the horses and the sheets badges and and squad cars and so you know uh, we, we got a huge, we got a huge battle, but I would like, uh, as, as I believe, let me see, um, Amani was, was saying earlier, uh, we have to change some of the narrative. Some of the narrative that's being put out there is that the 70 million people voted for Trump, but like she said, 84 people, 84 million people voted against Trump. 
So we we really gotta we gotta we gotta think about it like that because it wasn't that long ago, four years ago, where the numbers weren't the same. And you know, there was a narrative that, oh no, um Hillary's a racist too and Hillary is uh she's a liar and you know with, with the, that's that's uh, my my grandfather uh rest in peace taught me a long time ago when it came to to the political realm is that we don't vote for uh the well we vote for the greater the lesser of the two evils <laughs> we don't vote for good and evil because even if we we feel like one person is good and one person is not good, we don't know these people personally. We don't know all the time what they're lying about. Uh, a lot of times things come to the light that are awful, but we vote for the less of the two evils. And I just wanted to, you know, throw all of that stuff out there. I didn't want to get on my soapbox. I know we, we're about to wrap up soon, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll stop talking and start listening again. <laughs> well, thank you uh, for sharing uh, Ink. 216 and uh so to close out i want uh to ask the question this question of everyone what does this moment mean um for our children um as they sit and watch with us the events that happened uh on january 6th uh most of us on the call uh have had children or um are parents or auntie uncle what have you we care there are children in our lives that we care for what does this moment uh, say to our children and uh, in a larger sense to uh, history itself? I'll st- let's start with Sandra Bishop. Just uh, about uh, what, there 45 seconds, Sandra. All right. So I will say that um, it is up to us how we basically color this. One of the things that we do usually is a let the media um basically narrate the story, but how do we narrate the story? Um, so I think that we need to instill in young people and, and, and trust me, I am older. Um, probably I was out organizing when some of y'all were probably kids. If you were born yet, um, still got my bullhorn, but I hung it up. But the thing about it is, is that we have to start to talk about the narrative itself and instill in our young people this need to constantly be engaged in the system. Hopefully that is what I've done and am doing with my life and we have to continue that. Um, so we can, they can either view it as scary or empowering, but I think that um, they have to hear it from us. Thank you, Sandra. Um, Tina, you got me? The mother of all mothers. I got you. Yes. <laughs> okay. So to be honest, I have not had the conversation with my children yet. Um, as an adult, I'm still processing. So when I go to them, I need to make sure I'm going correct. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to misinform them. I don't want to um, give them any kind of false thoughts or whatever like that. So I'm going to continue to process. <laughs> and once I come together, we can revisit this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tina. And, and just a few seconds on how you feel um, this will play out, you know, in history. Like when we talk about this in 20, 30 years, what do you think we'll be saying or thinking? Or what do you it think depends. your kids will think? It depends on what happens in the following few months. Mm-hmm. I don't I, th- what happened a couple of days ago is not the end of this. Um, what they do with this 
in three months is how it was going down in history. I have full confidence. Thank you. Asia Jones. Um, I, I grabbed my son. He's eight years old. I said, you about to watch this with me. Okay. You're going to watch this with me. Um, I talked to my nieces. They, they, my, my nieces and my nephews, they're now very active. They said, what, they said, auntie, how do you feel? I said, how do you feel? Um, and you know, we, she just like, I'm, I feel upset. Cause if that was us, she, my niece, my, my 14 year old niece came down there May 30th with us as we marched peacefully and they flash bombed us and they tear gassed us. So she was like, we would have been dead. That was her own, that was, that was the main thing she thought about. I think it's really important, um, you know, that for, it's for me, Five for my son to see uh, these things happening, not to just hear it. And I don't want, I always tell my boys, don't let anyone mm-hmm. tell you something that's not mm-hmm. You're always going to get the truth mm-hmm. from the in, in-house. Mm-hmm. You're always going to get the truth. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got I, I, I I a joy read you. I got a joy read you. Uh, Imani Capri, mm-hmm. how does it speak to history and our and children that growing up now? What do you, what do you say? I think just teaching children the power that they have, you know, and, and thinking about how we can frame what's happening to them in a way that makes them feel empowered, not victimized. So, you know, explaining to them, like, you know, this is happening in the context of so many people coming out and voting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's how power your, your vote is. Thank you. Anthony body. Uh, Be cool, well, man. Uh, Kanye say, uh, I don't believe in hi- I don't I, I don't believe in history because they rewrite yesterday. So making sure that people truly study, study history and uh, and move forward, like so they can learn from the past and know what to do moving forward. As Fudel mentioned earlier, like he, he spoke about uh, 13th, you know, 13th started out with slavery. Like we had slavery then we, we shifted to the 13th Amendment, where unless you're involuntary started to are you in prison, then it was slavery. So everything evolves. So as each problem evolves, so should the solution. So having people know history, know the tactics, but also paying attention so they can be ahead of the curve because everything that's going on right now, you know, it can be sort of predicted from the past, but it also could be addressed from some of the, the best practices and things that they use during the civil rights era and so thank forth. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, Fudel. Sorry, you, it says Fudel on your thing, so I keep saying Fudel. Ink 216. Uh, no, that's okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I was so engaged and listening can you repeat the question yeah how do you think this moment uh will uh you know reflect on our children uh today and in the future like 20 30 years from now okay so um 10 seconds i I feel like um you know i'm a i'm a a youthful 38 year old uh but i feel like the the older generation was awakened um our generation is woke and I, I have a 13-year-old, uh, 11-year-old, and a 10-year-old, and I want them to be the super woke. I want them to be, you know, taking it to the next level in all aspects mm-hmm. of their freedoms and their humanity. Yep. So um, that, that's why I, I see things. Um, it, you know, it's if this was a movie, this would be great entertainment. Mm-hmm. But since it's not a movie and it's real life, mm-hmm. it's just... Something mm-hmm. that we have to uh, and take in mm-hmm. and um, move forward with yep. and, and figure things out. 
Thank you. Thank you. Sandra, did you answer this question yet? Okay, you did. So who we have left? Rabbi, did I get you? For, you know, my children are grown. <laughs> but for, for my grandkids, and, and uh, I, I think that we, they need to understand, again, they need to know the history, our history. Because if you don't know your history, you're destined to repeat it. And 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 to to stand up, no one no one can kick your behind unless you bend over. Oh, so yes, that's so. Look. Don't bend. Look. All right, mm-hmm. thank you. Let's go out on that. Uh, so thank you so much, WOVU listeners. I apologize to our Facebook live viewers. My phone died. My bad. Um, but this was a great conversation. Uh, I look forward to having more. Uh, you have been listening to special coverage and conversation around the events of January 6th, the storming of the U.S. Capitol building and complex so uh, stay tuned to wovu you have great music coming up next and beautiful programming later on this evening uh i salute all of you uh have a wonderful day this is america This is the reason Kaepernick was taking a knee. Heartbroken when I saw that video, I almost couldn't finish it. He was a pow, pow. We gotta start making changes. There's a virus in police departments across this country. Cops harass. Good cops know who these bad cops are. You have every right to be angry. Can you tell me why? Every time I step outside, I see my no right to perpetrate violence on the very communities that you are standing up for. A lot of people have been using my father's words. That all men are created. The only pathway to do this is through nonviolent means. I'm letting you know that it ain't no gun that make that can kill my soul. We will bring you justice, I promise. But if God got us, then we gon' be alright. Start making some changes. Changes.